Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 224, The Awakening, Fifth Dimension, and Ascension, a live podcast. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. But welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, and today is really special for me because I've got all these wonderful people in front of me. Uh, smiling back at me, listening. And this is a live session. It's just so exciting to do it live. I usually do it sitting in my little room and uh, nobody's there with me. So this is really exciting. The purpose I felt was to really bring you together, bring us together at the beginning of the year and to talk on three subjects that are very important to me at the moment, which is the awakening, the fifth dimension in the ascension. And really, I want to talk about that partly because of what I spoke about before when we were looking at the astrology for this year, this is a very powerful year for change because of Pluto going into Aquarius, Saturn going into Pisces, Mars going out of retrograde today, which is why I wanted to hold it today, and moving direct until March when it will go into Cancer. So lots happening March isn't a time to say, well, wow, I better not do anything in March. March is actually a very exciting time. And really what we're all, I think every, I'm listening to other people talk that these next three years, especially, I'd say even up to 26, but really 23, 24, 25, what people are talking about, it's like the time where there will be more contact and contact might mean more ET contact, more UFO contact. But to me, the contact is not just with something out there. It's with inside me. So I feel this is an amazing time. We might call it that awakening, but that time where things are shifting and you could say nothing's going to be this, you know, three years on, we'll be looking back and going, wow, look how much has changed and look how we're accepting things in ways that we never thought would be possible. And I think it will go along with technology. And yesterday, I, Leah and I were watching a program on Mars and will we go to Mars? And I'm thinking going to Mars is the least of our problems. <laughs> you know, Going in a little machine that takes us there and we all walk on Mars. I think that what we're going to experience is things in our own in our inner world, maybe many of you are having dreams that are really unusual or you're experiencing yourself in different ways. This is what I think is going to be exciting. And I may have mentioned this that, you know, a couple of nights ago or three nights ago on the full moon, I had all these dreams about the moon, which I really wasn't thinking about, except it probably was shining through my, win- my bedroom window. And it was all about what was going on on the dark side of the moon that we can't see and alliances. And then I had another dream about the moon. And I think we're going to discover things that we've taken for granted as like, oh, that's just the moon. And we'll suddenly start to see it in different ways. And I know that I've talked a little bit about that. So be ready to have your minds blown, not by me today necessarily, but like, whoa, (laughs) 
because I think that's what we're moving into, a kind of whoa state. And I think that our animals are seeing it. I think the children are seeing it. Our dreams are seeing it. And it's just, I feel that there's so much change that's happening that has always been there. It's just that we haven't always had the eyes to see it. And that's, again, what is awakening is our inner eyes, our inner ears, our inner senses, our inner whatever. Everything is becoming more aware and more, more meaningful here on earth. And probably I just want to say that I think that that's what this Saturn in Pisces is going to do. Saturn can be very restrictive, as I talked about. Pisces is about, you know, oneness, unlimitedness, all these wonderful creative psychic experiences. I think on a positive level, Saturn in, a, in Pisces is going to bring heaven down to earth. It's going to make the psychic world more meaningful down here. And I think for all of us who have been around the psychic world for a long time, we're like, yes, let's bring it on. I think the downside of the Saturn in Pisces will be cliques and uh, cults and, you know, the, the sort of addictive side of Pisces where, you know, the elitism, I think we're going to see that happening. But I think that it can be a positive thing, which is saying, if it doesn't have meaning in my world today, then I'm not accepting it. But I think it's also going to bring more meaning to what we experience around us with using our psychic senses. And I think that's going to be exciting. So just going back to today, today Mars moves forward in Gemini and it's been going retrograde since October. So I had to laugh when I saw that there was the F, you know, FAA, all these, all these planes were grounded yesterday. And nobody could really work out what was going on. It was some, what do they call it? Some hiccup or some, uh, what do they call it? A corrupted file in the ability to communicate with the planes. And so it brought the whole of the country to, to stand still here in America because they couldn't communicate. And I thought, oh, Mars in Gemini going stationary. That's not surprising that that all came to a halt. And then I'm in, I'm in my supermarket this, uh, this morning and this woman's going on and on about Mercury retrograde. Oh, it's Mercury retrograde. I thought, well, actually, it's Mars in Gemini going direct that's causing it. But I loved the fact that she was talking about Mercury retrograde. So Mercury is going retrograde and it is going to go direct again. I had some of my notes here. Um, 29th, uh, when's it going? 18th. So the 18th. Mercury will go direct. But I think that the bigger part of this has been Mars in Gemini going retrograde. It's called Mars because it's so passionate and it's so much about discord and, and conflict, but it's also about co strong communications that bring some effect. So I think we're going to see more effective communications. Um, you may have had discord in your own family or found that you were, you know, there were more arguments going on. But actually now things will start flowing more easily. And I think if you had any, as, as I mentioned in Facebook yesterday, if you have any letters you wanted to write or emails you wanted to write or projects you want to put out into the world, 
this is a good time to do it after the 12th. If you do it before the 12th, a bit late for me to tell you this, it may not flow as nicely as you would like it to do. Now, the other thing that was interesting was Mercury is squaring. Now, this was yesterday. Again, Mercury squaring Chiron. So I think that, again, bad words saying to each other, people being not so nice to each other yesterday. I think we need a lot more healing happening to our words and recognizing the power of words to hurt and to heal. So I think a lot more healing coming around with our words, I think, very important to us. We also have Venus squaring Uranus on the 15th, and I think that's coming up to really Uranus is about new and exciting ideas. Venus is in Aquarius, so it's bringing, you know, what's the new ideas that are coming? But it's not necessarily out there in the world. Venus rules Taurus and Uranus is in Taurus. So to me, this is more about the earth again and our bodies and about bringing greater understanding of how our body works with us or how the cells of our body work together. I think it's also so much more about community eating. I know that many of us may be aware of the egg prices because of the poor hens being killed because of the virus, whether or not there was a virus or not. But the fact is there's there's a, a limitation on the eggs produced and the the hens, etc. And I think that what I'm watching is more and more people stepping up with how do we grow food together? How do we grow food in our own small area and share it? So I think that the local food and the farmers are becoming more, we're becoming more aware of them. And I think that food and being close to the land and eating close to the land and eating from the local areas is going to become far more the norm. And it will go against what is also being happening at the moment where big companies are buying up. So some people are buying up a lot of the land so that they want to make it more inorganic. So I'm very much about how do we bring everything into the community and more organic. And I think that's going to be a future that we're looking at. And that ties me then back to the Pluto in Aquarius that's happening Let me just say now, because this is part of the awakening, the awakening that started possibly back in 2012, when the veils between us and the spirit world changed so that no longer could we say there's me and then there's you. It was like we are us. That was the beginning of this. And then we've been over the last two or three years, there's been more and more awakening of our DNA. And our DNA is like a library with all this stored information in it. But some of that information, some of the books in your library are dusty and you haven't read them and they've been hidden away for so long. So to me, the awakening that's happening is as if the lights are turning on in all these library rooms. Or I like to see the DNA as if they're little... Um, antennae, radii antennae that have been asleep. So the waves of energy coming in, especially from the galaxy, are waking up our DNA. And it's waking up that 91% of DNA that's being called junk DNA. So it's like all the information that's been stored in our DNA from millions of years ago 
when we, you know, when whatever, however far back our DNA comes, and you could say billions of years when the earth was first created, it's as if it's all wakening up now. And that excites me. Excuse me. <coughs> I'm so excited. So the awakening is saying, who am I? Who am I? Let me know who I am. And that to me is the exciting part, is who am I in, in terms of being able to come in? So <coughs> this idea of being able to see who we are from this point of view is very exciting. And the information that's coming in is actually asking us to remember who we are, so that awakening, but from a Aquarian point of view, it's also saying, who are you? Who, what is it that you're bringing forward that is unusual? How are you expressing who you are in an, in, that would be valuable to everybody else? And I think that's the, that's the bit that we're really moving into. So when I'm watching the more Piscean-y sort of way, it has that quality of, who shall I follow? Who's, who's going to tell me what to do? And the Aquarian way is I'm following me and I am bringing forth my qualities and I'm taking ownership of them. And it is very much uh, uh, that everybody has something to offer. Nobody is better than or worse. And I think this is going to, this is going to really shift our world tremendously. So I could see each of us saying, okay, I want to be in community with you. I want to be in a committee with you, whatever it is. But we're all going to come forward as equals. And each of us has to speak. Each of us has to contribute something and take ownership of that contribution. And I think that's exciting because I think no longer, as you hear me always say, we're not going to have people sitting on a, on a stage or behind a big desk saying, okay, we're the committee, you're just the plebs. We're going to get rid of all of that. And everybody has to be down on the same floor, contributing, listening, speaking, instead of there being this sort of separation that's occurring. And at the same time, that's going to happen with us, with, with the plant kingdoms, the animal kingdoms, humans no longer being seen as a sort of upper class. It's going to be Across the board, everything has to work together. We work together with nature. We work together with our body. We work together with, with everything there. So that, to me, is the awakening that's happening. I, I hope that excites you to just think about that. I'm going to just ask any questions just even on that. Any comments or questions on any of that? I'm just trying to make sure that I give you space to do both. Okay. All right. So I will just carry on from my, that point. Can I just say how many of you, uh, so when's this going to happen? <laughs> Dawn, is that your question? <laughs> uh, now, this is coming. And uh, thank you. Pluto is going into Aquarius and Saturn has been in Aquarius. And I think if you look to different if you look at what Saturn in Aquarius, we've had that for two and a half years, really, since 2020. Look at what 
I feel that we we developed when Saturn was Aquarius, instead of creating community as I'm describing, we created separation. Here the leaders are, here the, the experts are, here are the people who are going to tell us. They may have come forward with some amazingly wonderful ideas, but they, it wasn't necessarily inclusive. There was a separation. I think Pluto in Aquarius is going to bring no more inclu- uh, exclusivity. All right. You've got an idea. I've got an idea. Listen to everybody. Um, and I think that we need to be heard in ways, not just that, hey, I'm going to tell you what I think and then you ignore me. We need to say, are you hearing me? You know, what's, what's the action being taken? There's no more of this exclusion, which I think is very damaging that's been going on. Uh, thank you. The March 24th, 2023 Pluto into Aquarius. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think, you know, when you ask that, Holly, how do we develop this community, this connectivity? We certainly do it with ourselves. And I would say, as when I, you know, I'm going to take you to nature because that's where I love being. It's like when I go and, when you go and talk to a nature, okay, let me take two steps back. The nature kingdoms are not obvious subservient to us. They are on another evolutionary path. But I always say the diva kingdoms or the nature beings don't need us. We need them. So to get their attention, as many of you have heard me say, we have to kind of say, hello, do you want to talk to me? They may not want to. But what I'm saying is when you want to work with nature to help to bring fruit, fruitfulness maybe to your garden or, or more spring water or something to happen, we need, if we meet them at a level where we are equal to them and honor them, that's very important. And I'm just going to, to be able to say that the first thing we have to do is to introduce ourselves. And I've spent a lot of time with indigenous people and I often thought, why do they go back through the generations? You know, they could always tell me who they were and who their grandparents were, etc. And what I'm told is they need to know the frequency that we're meeting them with. So that by speaking, I'm Christine, I'm, I, you know, I could tell my father and my mother's name, but they're not really interested in the names. They're saying, what has brought you here, Christine? And I say, oh, I'm curious, or I'm interested, or I have a Scottish background, or I have an English background. They want to know what is the frequency of your DNA that's bringing you to this place. And I think that's no different than if I was standing up there, you know, if I was standing talking, if I say to a school board or someone, who am I? I am a mother of these children, but I'm also, it's like, what is the frequency? What is your, what is your um, experience and wisdom that brings you to this place? And I think it's a thing we have forgotten how to describe ourselves in those terms. So what I would say is, you know, at some point this week, take yourself off and say, who am I? You know, what, not, I don't, it's not where I live or, you know, what job. In other words, yes, I'm, you know, I could say I was a doctor, but what is it that made me a unique doctor? Or what is it that makes me a unique mother? Or what is, so this uniqueness is what Aquarius is about. What is it that you have that are your unique gifts And that allows me then to say the second part is if we all know we are 
you know, there were no humans on this planet. So let's accept that at least 22 different star groups put their DNA together to create humans. There are different stories about which and which. But let's say there were 22 groups, then that's what they did. What is the energy of your star group? And of course, you won't just have one star group, but what is the energy and the unique gifts of your people? That's what I'm trying to say is that's what's being awoken in the DNA. It's the uniqueness of your inheritance. So go beyond, you know, whether you came from Scotland or England, go, be, you know, what is so unique? And some of that might come. And I know for myself, um, ever since I was a tiny child, I would gather things that were Japanese. I had a Japanese tea set and a Japanese parasol. You know, we lived in London, never seen a Japanese person in our life. But I, there was something inside me that knew all of this. Of course, now I spend a lot of time there. So what is it that's, that's been in your inheritance? You know, oh, I love cats, or I love dogs, or I love, you know, there was a group on this planet who were all feline, all, do all cats. You know, oh, I love snakes. Well, I hate snakes, but what is it you relate to that is really weird in terms of your family <laughs> or your upbringing? <laughs> because there's some message there. What do you find easy to do? That's another way of saying it. What do you think? God, that's so simple and everybody else seems to have trouble with it. You know, what's a natural thing for you to have? That's what I mean by what is unique about you. And you don't need to say, oh, which star group do I come from? Who cares? There are, you know, 50 billion galaxies or something. So who cares which galaxy you come from? What I bother, rather, what did you bring from that galaxy? What is it that's unique about you? Because that will help us all to start to say, don't see me just on my surface. See what it is that I'm uniquely equipped to bring here into this planet. Make sense? Okay, because this is what is going to get exciting. As, your, as our DNA wakes up, it's like, oh, my God, I had three heads in the last, you know, last time I was here. And remember, this form is just purely the space suit we're putting on to live on this planet Earth. I think, you know, um, I was talking to someone who was talking about, well, you know, what, how do we make our physical body better? Hey, I'm all for that. But there's a level where, you know, it's like looking at your coat and keep saying, how can I make my coat better? You know, it's like, buy a new coat. You know, I don't know. Put a hood on yourself. And what I understand is there was a time where as our DNA, and this is really important, as our DNA wakes up, it would then manufacture a new physical body to align to that awoken DNA. How's that sound? And if your DNA, if your physical form, you know, your old coat couldn't be made to look more modern, then you go and buy a new coat. And we call that death. <laughs> so don't get hooked into this body. <laughs> it's like, hey, I've, I've had this coat for 40 years. So I don't think I can do anything with it. And that's why the Native Americans call it dropping the cloak. You know. 
is the coat now so worn out you can't add any more bits to it that's going to make it any better now i'm not asking you to go and die but i'm just trying to say to you don't get fixated on the physical body okay now in this awakening let me bring this in that 50% of that junk DNA, the sleeping DNA, has come from viruses in the past. We know this. So every time a virus comes in to our atmosphere and then into our bodies, it brings new DNA. So now that becomes very interesting for us because we're all into viruses or we've been more into viruses than we ever thought we were. But what I understood before our recent experiences that viruses that came into our body actually helped us to evolve. In other words, it was like being updated with new software. And this is why Rudolf Steiner would say children shouldn't have, or children should have their childhood illnesses. I was going to say didn't not to have the vaccines. So that every time a child had a childhood illness, they would upgrade. Now, as a doctor, I know that there are children who are damaged by the childhood illnesses, but there were many more of them who actually were upgraded by it. So I don't want to get into a debate on that. Now we've got to say, is, is this virus, of course, I could say, is this recent virus man-made or not? The question has to be that there's also a place where the star beings who want us to evolve are very aware of the star beings who don't want us to evolve. If you want to understand that story, you could even just look at this Sumerian story where there's Enki and Elil. I, I don't want to go back to that, but there's always been, as far as we can understand, those beings that want us to evolve into gods and those beings who would rather that we stayed as slaves. You've got to understand that's been the whole dynamic for billions of years, millions of years. But you've got to understand that those who want us to be gods may also use um, the means by which those that want us to stay as slaves to their benefit. So I think that even if there was a man-made virus recently, those who want us to be gods hijack that to also wake us up. <laughs> So you could say there's always the two are always mixed together because <laughs> I think there's been more awakening in the last three years than we've ever could have imagined without having COVID around. More people are aware of themselves, their bodies, their awareness than I ever thought we would get to. <laughs> more people are taking notice of themselves and what their choices are. So I think that you know, wherever, whatever this virus was, it also brought a great awakening. I could say the same about the vaccine world. And again, I, don't, I never want to get into whether you make a choice. If you make a choice that is the best for you, then know it's the right choice for you. I think there was, the vaccine was created in some way to close down certain mechanisms within the physical form. I've seen that. But at the same time, I've seen people say, no, you're not closing me down. In fact, I'm going to open up even more because of this. So I don't want to get into the rights and wrongs of this because it's never so simplistic. Whatever you choose, 
and you do it from the point of your highest good will actually extend into that highest good, whatever the result is. And I'm saying that, again, I'm going to say, if you get sick because you said, I want something for my highest good, and then you get sick, you've got to trust that it is for your highest good. That's the hard part for us. So when you put the message out and say, give me everything for my highest good or for my soul development, and you suddenly, boom, you went, what happened? Understand, it is for your highest good. You just didn't see it coming in the way you thought. Okay, that's the awakening. Sometimes we have to be hit on the head. I'm sure we've all been hit on the head a few times to wake up. Some of us are stubborn. I'm sure none of you are, but I am. So <laughs> sometimes we have to be hit hard on the head to wake up, even though we think, I thought you loved me. And they say, we do love you. That's why we're waking you up in this way, because you are slow of the uptake. Okay. How many of you just out of those that I can see? How many of you have been woken up with a hit on the head? You know, I'm sure I'm not, you know. <laughs> I, I, I always say that when I develop breast cancer, and I say I developed it, it means I, the first thought I had is, wow, I must be really loved to be given this. And that might not be everybody else's approach, but it was the way I realized, like, wow, you really had to hit me on the head. You must love me. So, you know, we're in a mindset where we say, oh, why don't you, you know, why is this happening to me? It's happening to you because you are loved, even though it might not feel like it at the time. Okay, that's the awakening. The next thing, and I'm just going to just move into these just relatively briefly. The fifth dimension that I've mentioned before to you in, in the podcast, the best way of saying it is the third dimension is where. You cannot live on this planet, which is a third dimension, in terms of what we might see as three dimensions, breadth, depth, and height, whatever. With, <laughs> you can't have a three-dimensional experience without being in a three-dimensional body. So if you want a three-dimensional experience, whatever you might see that as, it's where we kind of I'm trying to hit my hands together, but a three-dimensional experience is living in a so-called three-dimensional world. You need a three-dimensional body to do that. You can't live in a three-dimensional world coming, living in a five-dimensional body. This is, I know, a bit confusing, but I'm going to continue talking like this. You can live in a fifth-dimensional world but it wouldn't look like the world we're living in now. So if you have a fifth dimensional body, you can live in a fifth dimensional world, but the world as we imagine it would not look the same. And this is, I think, um, really, you know, of course I hear people speak about it. Everybody says, oh, I want to be a fifth dimensional being, but you've got to live in a three-dimensional body to have that experience here in this world. And you might say, I don't know what my third dimensional body is. <laughs> well, this three dimensional body is the one we call has substance, we could call it. So that if you want to say that the fifth dimensional body is called your light body. And if you were brought up Christian and you read anything about Jesus going through his three days, he comes out of that. And then he someone says, can I touch him? He says, don't touch me. Because actually being touched by a third dimensional body 
you actually bring you back into that third dimension. I know that I'm being a little there, but if you're, if you're in your light body and you're touched by someone who's living a third dimensional life, you're suddenly brought back into your three dimensional body. Okay, just putting that out there. Trying to say this is much more confusing than people try and talk about it. All right. Let me come back to my bridge. If we say on one side of the bridge, and those of you who listen to this particular podcast, one side is three-dimensional. Physical structure, three dimensions. The fourth dimension is actually the bridge across the ravine. The fourth dimension is I think many of us are living in the fourth dimension now. Most of us, and I'll come back to that. The fifth dimension is the other side of the ravine or the river. That is where we are living purely in our light body, as the spirit world does, so they do not have a physical form. The fourth dimension is the place of transformation, the place where we can create, we can move between the third and the fifth dimension. Let me say, if the fifth dimension is where I have an idea, let me put it that way, my, my light body has an idea to do something, it's within the fourth dimension that I take that idea, I add emotions to it, I add energy to it, and it then becomes a third dimensional manifestation. So the fourth dimension is where we have these juicy emotions, where we have this creativity, the power to take an idea and transfer it into a physical form. When we want to go back into our so-called fifth dimension, we allow that physical form to dissolve through our thinking and our feelings, and then it's, it's lost. And I don't want to go in that direction today. The issue about the fourth dimension, it's a very powerful place. It's the place of where we dream. And when we dream, we jump between time zones and we jump between space and we create everything in our night dreams. And then what we say is we wake up and we're now, oh, I'm in reality. I'm in my 3D again. But that fourth dimension is such a rich place. And I think many of us are living there. You have an idea and you, you're dreaming it all day and you're thinking it and you're feeling it. It's a rich place. But what it's become is a place of addiction. Because we're so comfortable having these feelings that make something come alive. And it's not, it's, it's juicy that we often find it difficult to leave that place and go into the fifth dimension, which doesn't have any of that juiciness. It just is. Now, I hope I'm making sense there. Someone said to me, what would happen if, if we, why do we keep coming back to this planet? Why don't we go to the fifth dimension? I said, it's because we're so addicted to the feelings we get when we're creating or in an experience on this planet. So if I said to you, uh, tell me a story about something, this is my example, you know, tell me a story when you were happy, your fourth dimension will immediately recreate in your mind, in your body, that experience of happiness. Oh, I felt like this and this was happening. Oh, and you'll see it all. That's fourth dimensional experiencing. And if I say, well, can you tell me a time when you were miserable? Oh, yeah, I can remember. And I felt like this and it was happening. That's fourth dimension. The trouble is it's, it's holding us in that place. So if when I pass over, I have a die, and I think, oh, but I love the juiciness of living in the, you know, on earth. 
I keep coming back in and we call that reincarnation. So our problem is, is our addiction to the juiciness of our stories and our creations. Is that clear? I hope that is that. Can I have a thumbs up or a thumbs down or any questions on that? That's, and that's the place where I know we all talk about it, that we, you know, we say it over and over again. You have to finish your karma. You have to let go of the stories. But the letting go of the stories is not just about, oh, I'm going to let go of the story. It's about you, your fifth dimension created the damn story in the first place. So it didn't happen to you. It was your thought, your fifth dimensional thought that said, hmm, let's do this. And then we get stuck in the story that we created and our fifth dimensional self is going, hang on, I just asked you to go and have an experience. I didn't ask you to get stuck there for 20,000 lifetimes. So this is what our fifth dimensional self is trying to get us to go, let go, let go, let go. <laughs> And we keep slipping back because we don't want, you know, you might say, oh, I just want to be love and light. Well, you are, but you're living in this denser energy that your higher self or your fifth dimensional self can't pull you away from because we have free will to be where we want to be. And that's what's happening. So you can have higher thoughts and higher awareness, but you're not really living at that level of fifth dimension while we are having fourth dimensional feelings and thoughts, etc. Now, I'm happy having my fourth dimension. I love my fourth dimensional feelings. But there's a point where I also want to be able to get to the other side of the ravine once in a while. And the true meaning of that fifth dimensional self is the same as, as I was told about the fifth, the world, excuse me, the son of the fifth world, which is the way the Maya described this time. It's the same thing. And they said the son of the fifth world, which started in 2012 and will continue for 26,000 years, is the unity through the acceptance of diversity. So only when we are ready, and I've heard this other, other people are saying this is, the fifth world isn't about elitism. It, it, it is about accepting everything as part of the diversity of the universal creative energy. And that's fifth world thinking. So even if I say, well, I'm in the fifth dimension, you're just in the fourth dimension. That ain't fifth dimensional thinking. <laughs> that's elitism. So as I like to say, anybody who says they're living in the fifth dimension is not because they have to tell me they're living in the fifth dimension. So if the ego is still involved with having to see itself as different and better, it's still fourth dimensional thinking. Make sense? And unfortunately, so much. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we do just keep coming back looking for something. Absolutely. When I look at what does it mean to be body, mind, spirit, I think even spirituality has been hijacked by the mind, which is really, again, we could say fourth dimension. And I think, again, something that's going to happen with Saturn going through Pisces, where is my spirituality, is my religion 
a mindset or it is, is it a knowing? Does it have structure to it that says, well, my religion is this? Because as long as we have structure and dogmas and rituals around a religion or spirituality, it's a fourth dimensional experience. So I think what's going to blow up is what is God? What is, what is the universe? What is the earth? You know, all of our, because even if we say, oh, here's the earth, there's the sun, there's the galaxy, there's the universe, it's all hierarchical systems. So what's blowing up is all the hierarchical systems. Does that make sense? So anything you thought was true, you've got a question, is this just holding me in a structure that I'm standing on the bridge on my fourth dimension thinking? That's what it's about. That okay, folks? So question everything. Now, I remember when my mum died and I was in, um, yeah, I, I agree, Anne, let's stay in the third dimension at least. No, we know where we stand there. <laughs> I can understand why people want to live in the flat world of two dimensions. Like, hey, we at least know who we are. Three dimensions. Fourth dimension is crazy and it's where we're all living. You know, when my mum died, I realized, you know, because I didn't have children and my, everybody had died above me, you know, it was like, I don't know who I am anymore because I didn't have any reference points. And I remember thinking, the only thing I know is real is the, the, the ground under my feet. And I'm not too sure about that. So if you haven't questioned your religion or your spirituality or your beliefs, this is the year to do it. <laughs> If you think prayers are going to make you step, everything you've ever believed is going to come out. And Anne, I'm not sure what the food's like on the third dimension, but it's got to be easier than the fourth. The fourth is crazy making. <laughs> so question everything, into, you know, everything I'm saying, question everything, folks, because this is what we're up to is like anything that creates separation, um, Separation is probably the best word because you can understand fifth dimension. There is no separation. Everything is you are everything and you everything is you. So whenever we judge or we we talk about ourselves in a certain way that that helps us to identify myself separate from you. We're, we're still in the fourth dimension. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Sherry. Yes, I had. Thank you for telling me that you had the same experience as I did. So it's exciting and it's mind-blowing. I think separation is the word, again, that we want to see is being dissolved by Pluto is the female energy that is dissolving any separation. She's been trying to work on all the institutions and the corporations, as you've heard me speak about. And Pluto will go in and out of Capricorn and Aquarius over 2023, 2024. So we're going to see a lot more corporations be down the hole, thank goodness, because it's not that I don't want corporations. I don't want a separation from me. You know, what are you doing to separate yourself from me? Include me and help me. I mean, you, if you go back to the Mayan, uh, Mayan, Mayan, Mayan culture in Crete, they had this egalitarian society where there was a king and there was a leader and there was, I don't know, a general, 
but there were no images to these people because they weren't seen as important, more important than the person who was, if I may say, sweeping the ground. They didn't have images of themselves because they weren't more important. They were just good at being a king. They were just good at being a general. That's where we need to be. Whatever you're good at, step up, but you're no more special than anybody else. That's Pluto in Aquarius. Yay! How's that? So yeah, we need to understand that we're special, but only as, as unique individuals as everybody else is a unique piece of the jigsaw, as you hear me say. Um, <laughs> I hear you, Katie, when you say, you know, what do, how do we respond to those who don't want to question anything? Them living in their own little box, I, I just think they're, I'm sorry, but they're, <laughs> I, I can't, you know, I have to just leave them. I'm just going to walk around them on the bridge, Katie. Because, <laughs> you know, everybody who need, anybody who needs to box themselves in, and as I spoke about, I think, last time, if you've got to convince yourself of a belief system that holds you there, shows how insecure you are of who you are. And I think that what we've all, you know, what we're all doing, and I do it certainly in my women's work where we talk about on the first day of the dark moon or the first day of your period, you let go of everything you are in the outer world. You know, and I think I always say that's why we take our outer clothes off before we go to sleep. You know, when you're taking your clothes off at night, you are literally saying, I am no longer my outer world. I am my inner world. And I think the more we can understand that process, I am wearing this outer world. I'm wearing these identities, these beliefs, but they're not who I am. That's what's happening now. All right. I, mean, I hope I'm getting you inspired by this. So my last thing is ascension. I'm not going to go much more, I promise you. But just to say what I've understood by ascension, and people are talking about ascension because they're talking about this fifth dimension, blah, blah. The fifth dimension, I like when people say it's not a dimension as in a hierarchy. It's just a different frequency. And it's a frequency, we could say it's the frequency of love, but not in, oh, I love everybody. It's like, I love everybody because everybody is another part of me. There is no separation. That's love. I am connected to all and nothing. So the fifth dimension is about not, I love these people, but I hate these people. This is about, I am them all. So there is no separation. And yet, when I say I am them all, it's not, and yet we're all unique parts of the hologram. I just want to make sure that's clear. I am, I am a unique facet of the holographic diamond, but I actually I'm fed by the wholeness of the whole diamond, if that makes sense. We're all feeding each other or helping each other. Okay, so the ascension, so the fifth dimension, I, what I've understood is that when we have no secrets, this is another thing for you to understand um, or for me to understand, that when we're on the fourth dimension, we have secrets because we don't want anybody to invade our secret identity that makes us who we are. So even having a secret or, oh, I'm special, but nobody else must know that or whatever keeps us locked in the fourth dimension. When we have no secrets, because we, have, we, we love ourselves, warts and all, that's the point where we move to any of the other dimensions. And that's the point where we have telepathy. And what is understood is that while we have to hide some of our thoughts in our head or our feelings inside us, 
we cannot be truly telepathic with each other. In other words, really communicate through our hearts with each other because we don't want someone to see what we're hiding. So part of our future is what are we, what are we scared of anybody seeing inside us? And that might be something that I want to hide because I don't like it or something I think I'm wonderful at, but I don't want to show off. Whatever it is that you've been hiding, this is the time to expose it. I'm, I'm into taking that coat off. Let everybody see. <laughs> but basically, this is a time to say, what are the things I don't want people to know about me? Love them, expose them, bring them to the surface, because only then will we find we don't have to hide and we are all that we are. There we are. And that's when the ascension happens. And the final thing I'll say here is what I understand about true ascension, it, it is what I said earlier. It isn't about ascending in our minds. It's actually changing our physical body to the level where it could live in the fifth dimension. And what I've come to understand is the earth, let me just make sure I've made that clear. The earth herself, Gaia, has already ascended to the fifth dimension. She's al there's already a light body, earth, fifth dimensional earth. But there's also a third dimensional earth because what I've come to understand that Gaia is saying, I will keep the bridge open for as many humans that want to go across at this time, but there will come a time where the bridge will not be there. All right, now that doesn't mean you're bad people or good people. It's just saying Earth is already, Gaia has, has to evolve. She has to go to this next dimension. What I'm being told is all the other planets have already gone to the fifth dimension. What we see out there in the sky are just echoes of the past. But the earth is a special place and is trying to help us all, as many as possible, to get off that damn bridge of the fourth dimension and enter that fifth dimension. There we are. Apart from that, it's really easy going. Any questions? <laughs> it's a very exciting time. Do not. You know, the, the native people, the indigenous people said it's not going to be till 2038 that we're there. So, you know, don't let me put pressure on you. But certainly it's not all you can imagine. We are so far at this moment from, from really being this telepathic, united individuals. <laughs> and the first thing we have to do is stop being at war with us, ourselves, and stop being at war with others. And we have to stop the wars because they are just keep these separations. Anyway, I, we could go down that path. Okay. Does, thank you, Kathy. It does trying to figure out the reason our fifth dimensional soul wants us to leave the fourth help, help to let go, or does trying to figure out that just get us caught in the fourth dimension? Yes, Kathy, it does. You know? It, so what you're really saying is, bring it on. What is the thing that I created that I call a story, an event? Uh, what did I create? that I'm, I'm addicted to keep going back into. And what do I need to learn from it? Why did I create it? How have I grown because of it? And move on. You know, we often say, well, who will, you know, who do I need to forgive? Do I need to forgive myself? I think there comes a point, I'm sure you've all had, where you go, God, I'm so bored by this. Hey, I forgive you. Let's just move on. I mean, you've got to get bored by the damn thing, whatever it was. Because if you, even if you don't understand why you created it, there's got to be a point where you're going, you know, I've spent so much energy and time on this. I just can't keep going back there. 
And they say that's why, you know, when maybe you've been in a marriage and it doesn't work out after 50 years and you think, oh, look at all that energy I put into it. Part of our holding on is that we hate to admit we put so much energy into something we knew wasn't going to work 40 years ago. You know, so sometimes it's our pride. Why didn't I see that earlier? Why didn't I listen to my intuition? So if you're beating up on yourself because you think you should have seen something, let it go, move on. It's not, you know, yeah, you are an idiot. Well done, you're a really stupid idiot. Just move on. <laughs> so if there's something you can move on from, do it. Will ascending mean we don't see our loved ones who haven't? No, it doesn't. It means that everybody will be there. And it's really, it's about frequencies. And I think this is, this is what we're all doing at the moment anyway. You have loved ones who you can't talk about certain subjects to. And so you kind of change your frequency to talk to them about that subject that they, we can all agree on. But there will come a time where you'll say, I can't actually stay in that frequency for long. Will you be able to connect to your loved ones in the fifth dimensions? You're already doing that. That's what we do in our dream state. So in a, when, we, when we go to sleep, we meet our loved ones, don't we, in a, in a different frequency. And so what you can always have contact with them. But what we've all come to realize that our family may not be our soul family and may not be our star family. And um, as my friend always says, you know, when you pass over, you can't wait to maybe meet your husband who died earlier. But she says, once you pass over, you go, oh, I, I was with you for 50 years. I haven't been with these people for a long time. You know, get out of the way. <laughs> I haven't seen them for six, you know, 600 years. So I think that as we evolved, we'll meet people who are like, oh, my God, have I missed you? And then you'll find your frequency changes and you say, these are fun people to be around. <laughs> They're hard people to be around. <laughs> so am I saying you may change your communities and your family? Yes. And I think many of you have done that already. Or you found a language. Uh, do you study Barbarang, the hand clouds or others for these ideas? I, I don't, Vern. I tend to just go directly to the source, but I love her work and um, I've trusted my source all my life. And I've found that that works, but I always check in, you know, if I hear other people talk about something similar, it gives me a little bit of verification. And she's certainly one of those people. Does fifth dimensional living make third dimensional living easier? I think so. I believe so. And I think, you know, that's why I think I just wanted to get this right to say, to stop trying to, you can't be a fifth dimensional person in a third dimensional body. But as you've heard me talk about the elementals, what they understand is a spirit a light being says, I want to be a tree. And what they've learned to do is pass through what we call plasma or ether or chi. And they use that as a way of transforming their body to become a tree. All right. Similar to me saying the fifth dimension through the fourth dimensional sort of, you could say fourth dimension is plasma if you want to say it. I mean, I don't want to next say mix up. But I'm saying is we have forgotten that we were like fifth dimensional beings who went through the fourth dimension to become a third dimension. Our issue is we've forgotten how to go in the opposite direction. So we think we're third dimensional beings, but all the time we're switching. Oh, I'll become a tree and then I won't become a tree. That's what the, the elementals are trying to teach us, that you can become whatever you like, but we've got so set in our ways. We say, no, I'm Christine. I'm having this experience. 
But imagine that on every breath, you could make a choice to be something different. That's what we're meant to be doing as fifth dimensional beings coming into a third dimensional world. Understood? We've got to remember that every breath we have choice to be anything we want to be, but we've forgotten. And that there isn't so-called a world that says the world is going to pot or whatever. No. Remember, we're living Gaia's dreams. Which of the dreams do you want to live now? Which of the dreams do you want to live now? In other words, keep things opening. Everything, you can make a choice in every breath. Every step can be a different choice, how you turn up. I'm going to be a treat. No, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be this way. We can choose how we appear with every breath, but we've forgotten. And that's the bit that I'm trying to awaken up to. So when you wake up in the morning saying, what do I want to be today? Don't be a tree. It's kind of boring. I've been a rock. I was that for thousands of years. It was very boring being a rock. But we've all been many things. So just recognize we keep telling ourselves we are this form. No, this is all we're doing just at this moment. Okay. Uh, Opening up our secrets. Again, ask yourself, what secrets do I have? That's all I can say. What am I not wanting anybody to say? Uh, see it in me and as the Australian Aborigines you know said in that book Mutant Message Down Under by Marla Morgan it's because you have so many secrets that you cannot be telepathic and I realized that what I heard from her say was if you are thinking something and you do not want someone to hear it stop thinking it because we've used our thinking as a way of hiding our thoughts. So if our thoughts do not want to be broadcast, don't think them. That's another way of looking at it. Or say it, either say it or don't think it, but we're hiding in our thoughts all the time. Uh, Does fifth dimensional living make, oh yes, make third dimensional living easier. Yes, it does. I think I've answered that. So, you know, once we start to realize, that's what I was really trying to say is once we start saying, okay, I'm being this today, third dimensional living becomes much easier, but it's the damn fourth dimensional living that is so addictive. And every time we go back into one of those emotions, what do we do? We just create the same situations over and over again. That's the trouble with the addictive, sticky nature of the fourth dimension. Oh, let me feel miserable again. Oh, I can create misery. Here we go. Here's a miserable life. So what we keep doing is using this wonderful mechanism of manifestation and creativity to keep creating a miserable life. Am I being clear enough? If you don't like the life you're living, create something different by thinking something different or feeling something different. Live as if you live every moment as you wish to live the rest of your life. Good. Okay, I'm nearly finished, folks. Let go of the secrets. I'm just saying put them out there, forgive them, do a ritual, whatever you want to do with your secrets. It's a great time to just do something with them so you can move on out of them. Tell them, don't tell them, make peace with them, whatever it is. Um, I, You know... Yes, and the fourth dimension and media keep everything, absolutely, Holly, everything's keeping in the fourth dimension. It's all this, and they're playing with our minds, they're playing with our, you know, um, 
you know, playing with advertising. Everything that's going on is playing on our emotions and our beliefs about ourselves. So it's all fourth dimension. I was listening to someone yesterday who said, oh, we're just moving into the fourth dimension. No, we've been living in the fourth dimension. It's our problem. You know? <laughs> so we got to get off that damn bridge. I mean, sometimes I'm not suggesting you do this. You might want to jump off the damn bridge if that's the only way off it. <laughs> the ravine is going to be better than where you are. <laughs> Because you know, you've got to get off that bridge. <laughs> um, yes, I mean, all of that, Katie, if we, you know, we get stuck in that fourth dimension, it, it's, we lose our voice, absolutely. We lose our authority. But remember, everything that we believe about ourselves is fourth dimensional creation. Act as if I am this person who has this amazing voice that everybody wants to listen to, and it will happen. The fourth dimension is such a powerful place of manifestation, but what we keep doing is manifesting the same thing over and over again, which is the sign of stupidity, isn't it? Okay, everybody, I think I've answered or seen anything. Ha! Ah, I want us to all know just how much choice. And let me finish, I will finish with this. Your soul family, your star family, they're coming from, you know, let's call them frequencies far and wide. They are not of this galaxy. Most of us have connections to multi-frequency connections. And they are there to support us, not because, oh, they love Christine. <laughs> it's because when we move, they move. <laughs> and it's almost as if, I mean, I'll use an analogy. They're, they want to move further into the fifth dimension. But while we're down here playing around in the fourth dimension, they can't go there. So they are invested in helping us to move because then everybody can move. So recognize, you know, no one left behind, but come on, Christine, <laughs> get out of that. <laughs> so really, no, you've got a lot of help. And so I call on my help, as you know, many a time. And again, I don't care who they are, except I trust them implicitly. Close all the doors not in harmony with my soul and open those doors that are. If I'm holding on to some story that's holding me back, make it really clear now. I mean, that's the sort of thing I do. You know, be in my face. So if after this talk, you know, uh, you, know you suddenly something, somebody comes and says something, say, thank you for sending this because I didn't realize how addicted I was to this particular issue. All right. Say, bring it on. Don't run away from it. Bring it on. Show me it. Ah. Okay, love to you all. I hope this has helped. I hope that you're inspired. It's in, I'm inspired to see you all. Thank you all for spending time with me. I'm just so excited that this worked. I said to Leela, well, let's just do this little idea. <laughs> so, you know, I love when you send me in questions, especially about something I might have done in a podcast, obviously, um, but otherwise as well. But, you know, just I'm so inspired that we're together on this and it gives me great inspiration to keep going. So, Bless you all. I will see you all again and take care. And we'll do this again. <laughs> Thank you for your lovely messages. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the Archive Podcast on Christine's channel on 
YouTube, and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heart Speak.